Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Previously on Brain Buster Boys. The book of Turner. Yeah. We'll take it. I got 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 it. Why? You. You who speak the word of Ted. Come with us. Oh my god. The execs. What in God's name is. Yeah, we're done. We're done. We're done. Hello, it's Brett. We're one hour from BBB Live. Where the fuck are you? All this outside distraction, all this Turner shit. Now it's just gone way too far. Let's put the book of Turner behind us. I will bring plagues upon your podcast! It is the grand high exec. There's no way we're letting them stop us from doing this show next week. Oh my god, the power just went out. Did you hear that? Holy shit. Oh my god. We gotta go, man. We go. Whoa! What? They did the one thing that you said that they could they stopped us from doing the show. The show. The show. Let's get this over with. Let's get it going here. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Welcome to the Brain Buster Boys episode, what, 13? Unlucky. Uh, I am Brett Jagger along with Beaumont Ram. Hey, world. Hi, buddy. Nope. I don't think the world's going to say hello back. It hasn't been saying hello back to us very well lately. I got to no, say. No, it sure hasn't. It's been uh, not the greatest uh, few weeks here in uh, BBB land. Uh, uh, how's your car, how's your car? Uh, it's not great. Don't know exactly yet. Still in the shop. Um, definitely need a new headlight, obviously, as we saw, yeah. and some significant body work. But uh, again, glad that you and I were okay, and uh, no one else got hurt. So that's the important thing. But uh, it yeah, is. It is what it is. Yeah, and uh, you know, I uh, know this distance thing. You know, obviously. People listening can tell by the quality of the recording. We're doing this by distance again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, not worth it. To no, get yeah, together. we talked. It's yeah, not a good idea to be seen together after the events of of last week. Uh, we haven't been back to the studio uh, since that night, but we can still do this. You know. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, it was a good episode of Dynamite, as we'll get into. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, and as as we know, that's why the show started, and uh, still why I love doing it every week. Of course, doing this with you too. And well, one thing real quick. Uh, I, uh, so I took a junk drive back from the studio. Oh uh, yeah. So I guess we got a lot of listeners know this too, cause it's going to be kind of crazy, <laughs> but uh-huh. we got five sound effects to our name this week. With that jokester. <laughs> oh, On that junk yeah. drive. Yeah. Well, yeah. Five. Cause as you all heard last week, uh, we completely lost control of sound effects, which is usually the most fun part we have, you know, one of the most fun, of course, of doing this week in and week out is putting those in and, you know, hoping, hoping to make you guys laugh and certainly making ourselves laugh along the way. Uh, mm. But last week, uh, it was out of our hands and what you heard uh, wasn't our stuff. It's a, it's so a disgrace. It was, yeah, it's very... 
I don't know. I'm still, you know, even a week later, still miffed. I don't know. At a loss. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I've been thinking, I guess I ought to apologize, I guess, for my part in all this. You know, I've been thinking a lot since uh, last weekend and kind of just since, you know, this whole thing started that, mm. you know, I brought this on us and the Book of Turner stuff, me getting kind of lost and caught up into it. And I just wanted to say to you and to everyone else, you know, I'm sorry for taking us down a road that I originally thought was compelling and interesting, but I come to find out it's uh, not great. Hey, it's, it's all right, man. Uh, what's done is done, and it's certainly not all your fault. I mean, hey, going back to it, we both were – you know, incessantly ripping on Go Big Show, which I guess, I mean, funny, but not really funny is that's what kind of started it all. What, you know, was kind of our stick and gimmick of not always making fun of Turner, but having fun and, you know, making this part of the show that obviously it somehow just got too far, too mm -hmm. far, too quick. And again, as you heard last week, out of our control and, well, you know, yeah. we're still uncertain of the future of this show and kind of where we're headed but again like we said we're here right now so well you, you know what man no matter what happens the go big show still sucks <laughs> yeah they can't change that you got that right player well speaking of them uh what about those emails they've been sending us you haven't read any of them no have you? no no i like I mean, I don't know. I've been Me kind neither. of ignorance is bliss thing at this point. And I mean, you know, after what the, what they pulled last week, uh, chasing What's us, br breaking into our studio and chasing us down in a car. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I think uh, we're afforded a little time to think and not be overwhelmed with this. I mean, you know. I saw that, I saw that at least in, in the subject line of some of these emails, they've referenced the contracts, but I haven't read them either. So fuck what's the point? Yeah, fuck them. Um, okay. Um, well, you know, like, even if they were to, you know, pull out the big gun and, and screw us, you know, when it comes to not just going, doing this, but like, you know, the actual existence of the show, you know, uh, you still got that TNT belt. You can smack them across the face with it. That's right. They can't yeah. take that sucker. Mm, fuck that's given me a lot of joy. Mm, As we've talked about, like, that's something I always wanted a belt. And with us doing this show, it made sense. And then even when Mr. Brody Lee passed away and they decided to retire that, like, that's when I pulled the trigger. I'm like, I got to have this because it's that much more meaningful. Oh, now. yeah. And it's AEW too. I mean, it's a exactly. It's an yeah. AEW belt more than it's yes. a goddamn TNT That's belt. That's correct. You yeah. love AEW. That's why yes. we're here. That is. Let's correct. not forget about that. And yes, I don't think anybody is going to forget right. about that, no matter what no. they do. Nope. I love AEW, and I do love you know old WWE, WWF, and old Ws and all that. So today's, yeah. if you recall, um, we're going to go back to WWE 2002 Survivor Series for the first Elimination Chamber match since uh, Vince's old company over there has their annual Elimination Chamber pay-per-view this weekend. So we'll keep it topical as we have. Um, yeah, the first one, it's a great match. Uh, the likes of Shawn Michaels, Booker T, Chris Jericho, Kane, Rob Van Dam, and Triple H, and it sure was a hoot. Wow, one of those guys is in AEW, and one of them is a mayor of a town in Tennessee. <laughs> that is correct, and the other one runs NXT, and uh, mm. 
Actually, Shawn Michaels is what he's like works behind the scenes there too. So. Oh wow! And Rob Van Dam's still smoking dope. We all know that. <laughs> I think Booker T. You know, he he like has a wrestling school or something mm-hmm. like that, and he was at the Royal Rumble. So yeah, and Greg Goldman yeah. still loves him some NXT. Oh, we got that right. Yeah, actually, real quick, NXT did uh, have a nice uh, takeover event last past Sunday. Definitely their best show since the pandemic, like by far. Um, so I want to give them a shout out because I really enjoyed it. Um, Johnny Gargano versus Kushida, Pete Dunne versus Finn Balor, both excellent matches. Uh, so go- I'm happy to see uh, NXT doing well. And as you know, I, st- I still watch it from time to time. But uh, mm. yeah. What about the cans? We doing cans? I'm ready. Uh, nah, let's just hold off. I mean, we were kind of at a good stopping point after Mountain Dew. Let's just kind of regroup. Just get through this, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see what the future holds. Yeah, if you say so. Yeah, I'm cool. All right. Well, uh, let's. Uh, shall we get into it? Yeah. Let's uh, hightail it. All right, Beaumont. Good. AEW Dynamite, February seventeenth, two thousand and twenty-one. Uh, this was a good show. This is a fun show. So hopefully we can. Uh, you know, get some juices flowing here and have a little fun. And uh, so, and you know, what better way to start an episode of Dynamite with Hangman Page's music uh, just right off the bat? Uh, just a beautiful way to start the night. So we kick it off. Uh, match number one with Hangman Page and big money Matt Hardy defeating the Hybrid 2 in seven minutes and six seconds. Yeah, so decent match here. I mean, we've been compelled and interested by this hangman matt hardy storyline especially last week after the contract switcheroo Mm. um which uh prompted hangman's uh graphic message this week what do you got for us i actually didn't catch it live i know you did yeah and it was some big foreshadowing too which uh yeah we didn't catch it live and that would have kind of Definitely foreshadowed what happens after the match. But, yeah, it was hired a shady legal team. Yeah, <laughs> so and then I caught this on the rewatch because I was eating during this live, so I didn't get to take notes. But they referenced the shady legal team and uh, JR – or the contract situation, I think they're talking through it. And JR's like, well, yeah, he got himself drunk. <laughs> Just kind of he, he also called him – and I wrote it down here – Hangman Page. Oh, always. Always Hangman. Hangman Page. Always been, yeah, I love that. The, the uh, so Hangman was looking strong out of the gate, just kind of tossing both the hybrid two guys around, looking like a stud. Uh, Matt Hardy got in there at one point, and JR starts referring to the Hardy compound as a sovereign nation, which I thought was funny. And yeah. kicked back to our memories of watching um, Full Gear, which really was our episode one of this show. Uh, when we had a crew watching outside and just geeking out at that match at the Hardy compound, just fun, fun memories there. Feels like forever ago. I know it really does. That would have yeah. been what three months, three, just over three. I think it was November 7th. So yeah. Re- wow. Yeah. Feels like wild. it was in 2019, you know, I know. Mm-hmm. anyway, good times um, here, but yeah, Matt Hardy, he hit a power bomb on Angelico who then, had a kick to the back of the head, and then they kind of got control. Um, and then I realized that this match was our former – well, we have no nothing against Paul Turner, but fuck Turner. <laughs> um, but, yeah, referee yeah. Paul Turner here. 
Um, but Hangman, you know, he hits his flurry of sick moves, suplexes, the jump outside. He hit a brain buster. He did. Which was fun. I think it was only our second one on Dynamite this year. I hope we uh, have the splat sounds. I hope that's one of the five. If not, here it is. Brain buster. Yeah, we can make them with our mouth, too, baby. Um, Inner brain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Hybrid so real, two had that botch. Yeah, I was yeah. I was just gonna say. So yeah, they were they you know they were kind of cooking a little bit. They had some good moves, and yeah, it was Jack Evans went up for the Phoenix Splash, which is kind of like a twirling, you know, like a twirling flipping move, and he came up shit three feet short, like he wasn't yeah. even close. And you could tell, you could <laughs> tell when he was on his way up, he didn't have a prayer. No, nope. and I don't want to laugh because you know it's not a great situation for him. But he, you know, he recovered and it was all fine. But mm. uh, yeah, but um, yeah, and even after that, remember, like they threw Matt into Hangman, and Hangman like jumped and hit the guardrail. And I'm like, oh shit, maybe they could lose. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, I remember. We knew yeah, that distinctly. We, yeah, you know, I bought in for two seconds, which is good. Um, but uh, Hangman hit the double barrel buck shot. Um, and Matt hit the twist of fate with a great sell by Angelico for the one, two, three. And then we knew there was going to be some post-match chicanery here uh, following up on the contract situation. Um, so Matt is, you know, he's like, you look like a million bucks, a billion bucks. And he's like, you're going to make a lot of money, which is great because I get 30% of it. And, you know, you kind of see Hangman starting to smile. Um and he's like, well, you must not have paid much attention at the bar. And, uh, you know, he's like, but, and I love this reference. He's like, I had a group of friends that told me to always keep an extra set of papers rolled up in your jacket, which is a dark order, Mr. Brody Lee reference yeah. for being the elite. It was pretty cool. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised we didn't get, you know, predict this. At, you know, when it happened, it almost kind of seemed like we should have gotten this right. But, uh, mm -hmm. It, uh, it led to – it was a contract for a match at Revolution, you know, which we've already hinted at. We knew that was coming. But, uh, you know, what else could it have been? So, mm. uh, but, yeah, we got the match. And uh, tell us uh, what the stakes of the match are going to be. Yeah, it is um, Hardy versus Hangman at Revolution for their, for their earnings for quarter one of 2021. So for what appears to be uh, a whole lot of money. Yeah, it's a money yeah. match, as so, Hangman said. So what happens is, you know, Hangman's legal team comes marching out, which consists of the Jaguars mascot, <laughs> who I looked up today. His name is Jackson DeVille. Jackson Duvall, Jackson, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jackson Duvall comes out. Um, and uh, we obviously kind of think, you know, he's in Hangman's corner here. But quickly, yeah. the, the head pops off of the mascot, and it's Isaiah Cassidy. Yeah. With private when party. Matt says something like, what yeah. does he say, like, you're – Oh, well, real quick. So he's like, you're nothing but more than a carny. I can't believe you bamboozled me, mm -hmm. which is really funny. And yeah, he's like, you're finished. And then that's when mm -hmm. Isaiah Cassidy's head came off. Yeah. Um, and Matt even yells back at the hybrid two. He's like, hybrid two, you want to make some money? Get out here and kick Hangman's ass for $3,700. Yeah. But then his good buddies, Johnny Hungy in the Dark Order to save the day. Yeah, I'm so glad that plot's not over with. Oh, absolutely. It was great. Had uh negative one Brody Lee Jr. kind of directing traffic. And I'll be I love that. I mean, it's so cool that the kid, you know, clearly like the AEW family has just become his family and they're so involved and, you know, taking care of him and whatever. And like 
for this kid really to kind of take his father's role. I mean, Brody Lee was the leader of the Dark Order, and yes, his son is not tech, but like he was directing traffic and calling the shots and. It's just a cool thing to see. Yeah, it's fun they're incorporating him in big stories, too, that he's yeah, not just on it dark. Actually matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, agree. It's very good. Um, but, yeah, what would you think of all this? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I thought kind of the match was, you know, all right. I'm, I think it's time for this story to go up, like for Hangman to go up. Like you, yeah, mentioned, full, you mentioned Full Gear starting this off. We've had the downward Hangman trajectory yep. since then. Yep. Yeah, it's it's time for it to go up, and it seems like it's going that way. Um, I agree, and I'm, and I'm glad the Dark Order is involved. I I agree, and we got the match, and uh, one would think Hangman Page is going to win that match, but we shall see. Yeah, I'd be disappointed um, if he. I'd be frustrated if he didn't. I, I agree. I agree. Um, all right, so we get our buddy Alex Marvez backstage with the entire inner circle sans Sammy Guevara. He was surrounded he, by him. He was in the yeah, middle. He really, and he was really fired up about Santana and Ortiz's uh, tag team shot. He's like, yeah. is your first AEW tag team title shot? <laughs> and, you know, Ortiz is basically like, yeah, 18 months it took us to get. And I was surprised to hear it was. I couldn't, like, you know, they'd had a good match with the young boss. So they've been involved in big matches, uh-huh. but their first title match. Uh, but Ortiz said it was because of fear, fear mm. from everyone, fear from men, you know, Santana's like, we're here to collect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we get them. I'm not going to run through every line again here. Um, but we get kind of the big, uh, we get some big stuff here with Jericho and MJF. Yeah, we do. Um, MJF, um, I forgot what it said here, but I have written down what kind of thoughts. He hit the word thoughts really hard there. It, that was pretty classic him. You know, he uh, did some really good acting here. Yeah, it was dunce. dunce. Like, what kind of dunce do you think I am? It was dunce. Oh, my yeah. God, I wrote dunce. <laughs> yeah, what kind of dunce do you think I am? Yeah. And basically, said, you know, he's like. I can't believe it was dunce, and I thought it was thoughts. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. I love it. Please. I love it. Uh, but you know, basically, he's saying like Sammy, you know, he needs to nut up and apologize. And we get Jericho butting mm-hmm. in. He's like, "Would you shut up?" Like, really, kind of showing some attitude toward MJF for the first time. Really, you're tired of him being the mouthpiece for the group that he created. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he even says like MJF, a lot of this is your fault because you kept pushing Sammy and pushing him week after week, um, and he finally crossed the line and quit. Um, and MJF again was like, damn right. And then Jericho's like, would you shut up again? So he, mm-hmm. you know, kind of threw it right back at him. Um, but then, you know, Jericho addresses directly Sammy and his decision. And he's like, you know, this is more Sammy's fault. Mm-hmm. And he's basically like, you were making stupid decisions. He's like, I wanted you guys to work together. MJF learned that you didn't. Uh, and he's ultimately, and this was surprising to me. He's like, when you walk out on the inner circle, you walk out on Chris Jericho. And for that reason, you are dead to me, Sammy Guevara. I don't ever want to hear that son of a bitch's name again. Wow. Um, okay. So um, I've had yeah. time to think about that, especially in contrast to the concern he showed last week. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent buying it. Okay. You know, I, I, I do think like, you know, that's too much of a night day shift for somebody as like experienced um, as, Jericho yeah but like so you know just to kind of like you know be shoved around by the plot like that yeah. I do think like 
his character like you know what do you think is afoot here do you have uh, uh you got uh, any speculation i guess if kind of going with that train of thought like <laughs> sammy's gonna get jericho to turn on mjf like okay. a lot of people think mjf's gonna break the inner circle yeah apart. I, I think, think that yeah, yeah i think so, that could be very possible yeah so i think that you know uh that seems to me like that 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 but no i would say after this week that became a lot that scenario became a lot more likely maybe not just as likely as mgf breaking the inner circle part but it's definitely up there with it for sure you know, it definitely think, is yeah i was gonna say keeping with the theme here like it's still very compelling. We still don't know where this is going by it. You know, Sammy's gone for we don't know how long. Um, MJF and Jericho have a tag title shot. So win or lose, the ramifications there are going to be very interesting. Probably more so on a loss. Um, but if they win, then great. They get elevated to that spot and they can be t the top heel tag team for a while. But I think they're probably going to lose. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's intriguing. And you're right. Like this very well could be ultimately a plot against MJF. And I think that would be, you know, a great thing. And, you know, I think people would love it because he's a big biggest heel in the day. And seeing Jericho you know? go back to a face, which, you know, he hasn't been in AEW yet. He's been the cool heel of late. Of course, he's Chris mm -hmm. Jericho. He's one of the greatest of all times. He's a legend. Um but yeah, to get that baby face run. And yeah, going back to how this started, it all started with the Jericho MJF match at full gear. Yeah. The one where Jericho kind of, you know, lost a step or two. But, um, you know, that's really what kicked this all into motion. So I think you're right. We could very well be headed to that again with Jericho as the baby face. All right. So we get a very quick, uh, no, just a quick, a quick recap of the women's eliminator tournament going on. Yeah. I've been really excited about, you know, we've talked on this show a lot about the, you know, the ups and downs and ebbs and flows of the women's division here in AEW. And I think we're definitely on an upswing here um, with this tournament. So, um, and that'll send us right into match number two, which is a first round match on the AEW women's title eliminator tournament where the returning Riho defeated Serena Deeb in 14 minutes, 46 seconds. And this was an awesome match. Um, I was tweeting about it today. I'd say definitely one of my top five AEW women's match. And, you know, we've talked a lot on this show about the Thunder Rosa-Serena Deeb match. And I think this was just as good, if not better than that. What'd you think? Yeah, no, I think it was, you know, Good in a very similar way, like very uh, technical. Like I think both of those matches, whenever people talk about technical wrestling, that's a term mm -hmm. that's kind of still a little bit above my pay grade, but it's those <laughs> but it's the, those two matches that I think have clarified what that means and yeah, defined you see, what that means. Yeah, you can yeah. see it. And like yeah. Serena Deeb is the common thread. She was in both those matches. I mean, she's just an excellent technique. Like, she's just so smooth and does everything very well and convincing. And so, like, yeah, and then you get Riho. So, like, the beginning of this match was dictated by her and slower paced, and they were doing what I think it was JR called it chain wrestling, which is kind of the back-and-forth counters and flips, yeah. and, like, that they were doing. Um, but then it kind of got going in Riho really took advantage of the pace and she's you know it got a lot quicker and she was jumping around and flying around uh, but it was just a great contrast of styles and you know they really kept this compelling and exciting down to the bitter end um 
you know, they were doing kind of, as we've called it on the show, I keep saying that, on the show, on the show, uh, like kind of the dueling pinfalls where it's like almost like a merry-go-round of one-twos. Um, and that's kind of how it ended with Riho really kind of sticking her with that. But man, this was a ton of fun. Yeah, it was. And like, that's like a type of wrestling that like kind of going into, like going into this whole Brain Buster Boys project, I'd have been like, oh, that sounds like what I don't like about MMA. Yeah. They like grapple each other and roll around on the ground. But like, that's fun because like with the pinfalls too, that's an extra level of tension because the, the count kind of is like starting all over again and shifting uh-huh. all around. And uh, yeah. It could end at any moment. Yeah, when, you know, when they're in the heat of, heat of that. Yeah, it's like, you know, really peak tension that's not related to the plot. You yes, know? Like lots in of times, the story of a match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's not related to kind of like the, the, the storyline of the characters. And, exactly. Uh, yeah, and I think that's that's really good about it. Um, yeah, a few things. Uh, Riho, 98 pounds. Yeah. Like that, 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 <laughs> that's how much that, my grandmother weighs, man. Yeah, like, she's tiny. Thing. Yeah. JR referenced, he's like, yeah, her and I have something in common. I weighed 98 pounds in the first grade. Yeah. Thanks, thanks Jim. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought, think this was, you know, definitely just as good, if not better than the Serena Deep Thunder Rosa match. You know, it was a lot of the same, but just kind of more exciting. And with that at stakes, I mean, it was part of a tournament, yep. you know, yep. you kind of knew, you kind of know it's sort of going, you know, in a certain direction in terms of matches and matchups yep. and whatnot. But uh, Yeah, and Serena really kept working Riho's knee, too. Like, mm-hmm. she was very – it. you know, she kept hitting it, dragon screw after dragon screw and kind of really focusing on it. Yeah, just a lot of good moves. Riho was hitting some big strikes, too. She hit a Northern Lights suplex. Remember, she hit the diving foot stomp from the yeah, top yeah. rope. Uh, I know you're always a fan of that move. Big enough. Um she stomped yeah. on her head. So yeah. I always say it. Yeah, and I remember you loved because this was your first Riho match, and it's something she always does. But it was early on when she kind of like arched up out of the pin and kind of yeah. like slid out. Of oh it. yeah, just like you know, yeah, like maneuvered like a snake. It was yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, know? I remember the first time I saw her, like because I hadn't seen her or any of these. Like they had a handful of Japanese women wrestling on the first yeah. few shows, and. It was awesome because, again, I mentioned it, too. It's like a style you've never seen. It, Yeah, like real slithery and, like, well, yeah, very and cool cor- And correct me if I'm wrong, but that's something that the men can't do. Not well, like right? that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, you know, because they are lighter and smaller framed that they can do, you know, kind of yeah. different things. So, yeah, give, give, that, uh, give the tournament a, a shot. Like just a match or two, and I think you'll really. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I've been hooked. I want to watch the Japanese uh, side yeah. for sure. Yeah, excellent. And yeah, uh, Micah, our buddy from specifically Devoid, mentioned it on Twitter today. But very, very excited for next week's Thunder Rosa versus Riho match. Oh, uh, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be lit. So we Thanks, go. Micah. Yes, thank you, Micah. We go from there to a quick Jade Cargill and Shaq training video, which really just consisted of Jade like playing basketball and Shaq just like sitting there. And I think he shot a three at one point. Well, he but, still had the the weird shot where he yeah. just, his like guide arm is off in yeah. his right hand, just like it's like why are, of yeah. all things, why are you showing Shaq shooting a three? Yeah. But yeah, and you got the the Justice League logo at the end there too. Oh uh, yeah, very much. But yeah, that match on March third, those two versus Cody and Red Velvet will be fun. Neato. Match number three, Orange Cassidy defeats Serpentico in one minute fifty one seconds. Yeah. Um, 
you know, we referenced when we watched last night, like, yeah, no met, you know, no sign of Miro or Kick or Pip here. Just like we're just back to back to status quo here with yeah. Orange and Chuck Taylor, like Chuck Taylor, just back to being himself. Like, yeah, that whole and that you know they referenced the yeah exactly. It's like that all of that just felt, especially now two weeks past, like just meaningless yeah yes like that and we not to get too far into it but we said before the whole butler thing like this could go well you know they could have made that compelling and made it so chuck taylor like yeah really did get beaten yeah. down and beat you know yeah. whatever and he had yeah. some sort yeah. of redemption yeah. On yeah. It, but yeah yeah anyway we've wasted too much breath talking about it yeah 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 all right so then we get a video package with highlights of the Dobby versus Joey Janela, old mm-hmm. Turner Boy title match last week. Yep. OTBTM. Um, that's right. And the body, or not, it wasn't the match, it was the body bag from mm-hmm. last week. The match was two weeks ago, it might be. But yeah, uh, that Cage and Ricky Starks putting him in the body bag and Taz and Powerhouse Hobbs driving away mm-hmm. and staying in hot pursuit. Um, so we get Taz coming out with just Brian Cage and Hook. And we were a little confused, but uh, we realized the reason for that was because Sting took his snow down south, as mm-hmm. Taz so eloquently put it. So I presume Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs couldn't make it due to travel issues. Um, but what do you got for this week's hook look? We can certainly see his face. Yeah, we can. He, he had his um, hood up, which I think is a decent look for him. You know, it kind of makes him look a little bit more threatening, like he's part of the team instead yeah. of just like a nerd. And he had to no. be this week because he was one of only two, well, three, including yeah. Taz. But yeah. he had to stand out. Yeah, and he, and he gets involved. Gets real involved, yeah. as we'll get to here. But starting with classic Taz, shut it off! Shut it off! Love it. Um, and he's kind of mocking. He's like, all I've been hearing all week is Sting is going to call out Team Taz. And, uh, yeah, he mentions the weather. Um, and he's like, where's the Stinger? And then, of course... Lights out, snow. Um, Sting's walking out, and he gets in the ring, and Taz is like, you just stepped in this ring. That was the worst thing you've done, my friend. Um, And he starts talking about the bat and how much he needs the bat. And that they sent Dobby to FTW land last week, so he needs the bat. And he's had the bat his whole career, and you're nothing without – and he drops the bat. And even the commentators, like, you know, like – JR and Tony are like, oh, wow. Like, you know, it was a big, you know, it was a moment. They made that a special thing. And he chucks his duster at uh, Brian Cage and, you know, kind of attacks him. And then he attacks Hook. Hook. Yeah. Well, no, he attacked Cage first because remember, yeah. Hook then got the bat and kind of uh, choked, yeah. choked Sting with the bat. And then, yeah, Sting kind of threw him off and hit Hook with the bat. But yeah, Hook was the first one really to get involved and kind of hold him back and choke him. But Yeah, he did, and then he clocked Hook, and then Hook was done. <laughs> yeah, Hook had no prayer after that. Yeah. But, yeah, and then Cage got him, kicked him in the gut, and delivered a pretty large power bomb to 61-year-old Sting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he landed cleanly, you know, right on the back, right like you're supposed to. But it was hard. Um and yeah, that was surprising to me. Um, yeah. But I get, and I think that part of that was probably Sting, the human being, like proving, hey, I can still do this. Oh, yeah. Especially if he's going to be fighting. There's been tons of debate online that, like, oh, should this guy fight? Like, do we want this 
Elder, yeah. this I mean, elder we, deba- we debated it, you know, when he first came back. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like that's going, going to happen. Um, and even the commentators got in on it. They were like, if I were staying, I wouldn't have thrown the bat down. Um, yeah. yeah. And real quick, we've kind of talked about this off air, but another reason why this was a big deal is that Sting's last match was in 2015 in WWE where he basically stopped because of like a neck injury yeah. due to that match. So like, that's what kind of why everyone thought he was never going to wrestle, let alone take a bump like that. Yeah. Um, and I'd heard like Tony Schiavone does like a dynamite post show, like video every week. And, you know, he made a great point about it. He's like, look, if Sting didn't want to do it or didn't think he couldn't do it, he wouldn't do it. But yeah. he felt and you know, he felt like he could do it and knew that this was going to be, you know, big business for the company. So, yeah. um, again, you know, the company certainly would have checked with doctors and everything to make sure like he's going to be fine, you know, barring everything. But, you know, you never know what could happen. But yeah. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, Sting is OK and will be OK. But yeah, very interesting. And like, I think this was a pretty big surprise. Yeah. Threw down the gauntlet for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then we get a quick Eddie Kingston promo uh, building up the main event, which will be Kingston, Butcher, and the Blade against his three demons, which he mentions here, John Moxley, Lance Archer, and Ray Phoenix. He said Moxley. Do what? What? No, go ahead. You you want me to do it? Well, you know, I said that, you know, he was talking about Moxley particularly being like a big demon he had to exercise. I was like, well, unfortunately for old Eddie Kingston there – Moxley's got a much bigger demon to exercise in the yeah. form of Hit Watch. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, yes, he sure does. And we'll get more into Hit Watch later. Um, but yeah, just he kind of went one one by one of why each person, you know, still the Lance Archer was like, you, we still have beef from the Battle Royal and you beat me in the Lumberjack match, but that doesn't sit well with my family. Uh, basically says to Phoenix, he's a waste of space and he never wanted him in the family. He only wanted his brother. Then you turned on me and you made your brother turn on me and now you got to pay for it. And uh, yeah, you already hit on the Moxley bit. Uh, but I did think it was great. And this was a great, you know, even though his message wasn't the best, like Kingston is so good that it was compelling and it's cause he's just so emotional. And I yeah. did love what he said to Moxley. He's like, you're the demon I need to get rid of the most. And he's like, I can't get rid of you with drinking. I can't get rid of you with pills. I can't get rid of you with women. It's like, I need to beat you. Um, so again, showing that importance. Uh, but again, I kind of hate like, as much as I love Eddie Kingston, his words continue to ring hollow because he keeps losing matches, not yeah. to kind of spoil. Um, but, man, I just want the guy to get some fucking Ws. For sure. Yeah. But, yeah, good promo. Good way to build up the match. And then we come back from commercial, and I didn't even catch this live. You were slightly ahead of me on mm-hmm. the stream. Classic. Yeah. But we get JR referencing Alex Marvez. With the WWE champion, Kenny he Omega. He did. Um, I got a little something to say about this, actually. And, and it's, please. And it's about the reaction on the internet um, oh, that, that I saw. And it, and it actually didn't make me happy. Um, oh, wow. A, a, a lot of people were like, like, the joke was funny, you know, to, to like laugh at it here in person. Like, oh, he flubbed the line. Yeah, yeah. But like so many people were like getting on it to the point where like he responded. They were like criticizing him. And yeah. then there are people like, oh, he needs to go hang it up. You know, he's you know not good yeah. anymore. And it's like, dude, like on average, 
you probably flub one word a day. Yeah, exactly. All these people on Twitter do not have to go on television for two hours. Yep. You know, live. And, yeah. you know, like the chances are pretty high you're going to like flub a single word, you know. Oh, absolutely. It's, it, it, it's like, come on, it's a very human thing. And people just got on him because they could get on I mean, him. that's just the dark side of Twitter there for you. For yeah, us, yeah. Which and we so, see a lot of. But, yeah, yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, I just wanted to, you know, frown on that reaction. I thought I that agree. was just very uh, petty. I agree. And we can laugh about it because it was funny. But, yeah, yeah we're was. not going to say, fuck you, JR. You need to go. Like, yeah, we love you, JR. Hang it up. Yeah, no, like yeah. like listening to him is one of the one of the best parts yeah. of each yes, week. Yes, JR is out of his – yes, he's out of his prime, but he's still – probably the best wrestling play-by-play announcer of all time. And we still have a great time listening. And yeah, even yeah. his, his mess ups is kind of part of the charm. Exactly. A hundred percent. So, but anyway, we have the WWE champ, Kenny Omega. He's in a school with Dan Callis with the world's worst tan. Like you can, it's almost like that oil painting of he and Kenny that yeah. uh, he had commissioned, like he was that color. Ah. And then Michael Nakazawa, who's now kind of acting as like Kenny's butler, which is mm-hmm. classic. Uh, but you had the the kind of continuing the Marvez gimmick of like interrupting and just kind of showing up, which I think yeah. has been great. Mm-hmm. Just showing up in a classroom with school kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and Callus is basically like, what do you think this is? Do you think this is a joke? Get out of here. Um and Kenny has the Young Bucks book, and he's basically, like, reading the Young Bucks book to these kids. And, like, it was kind of funny, and it was silly, and it had its moments. But overall, I thought this segment was just kind of meh. What do yeah. you think? Yeah, I mean, I think all did was just sort of, like, poke fun at the Young Bucks in a not-so-funny way. I don't know. It didn't really kind of use Kenny, I think, in a very interesting, fun yeah, way, I you know, with the kids. Like it, just, it, kinda, was just, it was just kind of a little, little weak. <laughs> so, yes, and it wasn't bad by any means. I just think it could have been better given the circumstances. Like, I feel like that could have been a more fun segment, yeah. but it was fine. And the highlight for me, um, and I actually have the Young Bucks book. I haven't read it yet. Um, but the highlight to me was Kenny's like, let me read one of my favorite parts. And he talks about uh, his match with Chris Jericho at WrestleMania, WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom 12 in New Japan, and how business went up drastically by a lot. Um, I, that just kind of made me laugh because you know Kenny picked the one part of the book that was about him. So yeah, for sure. So that takes us in to our AEW World Tag Team Title match, where said Young Bucks defeat. Santana and Ortiz in 13 minutes and eight seconds. You know, I think we were both kind of hoping that Santana and Ortiz would win to kind of further that inner circle drama. Um, But as the match was going, at least I kind of felt like, you know what, I think the Young Bucks are going to win. And they did. But it was a really good match for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it it totally was. It, you know, had you, you know, like, like definitely you thought the Young Bucks were going to win, but it had a nice ebb and flow where, uh, you know, Santana Ortiz get the, did get the upper hand, and I haven't seen them do tag team stuff a lot. They're very good. Yeah, that's um, another. Yeah. They're one of those teams that's like we. I wish we could see more of them because, like, I'm always impressed. Like their character work, I'm, I always really enjoy them. But yeah, we haven't seen them in the ring much in just like a straight tag team match. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you know they put on a good one last. And night. Th- and this was a rubber match too. They had said that Santana Ortiz won in 2019, and then a month later. The yep. Young Bucks won. 
So yep. yeah. Yes, they had kind of like a mini feud. Not even it was a like kind of a full fledged feud. They had a pay per view match. It was full gear 2019. That's the one Santana and Ortiz won. So yeah, this kind of some time in between. Mm-hmm. Um, but noteworthy that uh, referee Rick Knox ejected the entire inner circle uh, right off the bat. So it was he knocked uh, them out, didn't he? <laughs> oh, he sure did. Um, the Young Bucks' parents were at ringside, which I believe that's the first time we've seen them. Uh, very mm-hmm. cool. Um, and, you know, this match, uh, it got, really got going after the break, but it, it cut back a couple of times to uh, Kenny and the Good Brothers and Callis all watching the match on the TV, yeah. um, which kind of comes into play a little later. Uh, but this was also kind of a bit of a reversal from a standard Young Bucks match where normally it's Matt Jackson – uh, that, that takes the beating the whole time. And Nick, because he's more of the high energy, you know, gets the hot tag like a Phoenix style. Yeah. He's usually the one in that role, but it was kind of reversed, which certainly happens with them, but it's not the standard formula. Um, so it was good to see that. Um, but, yeah, we just we got some some big moves just from Santana and Ortiz when they really got on the roll, like a twisting stunner from the top rope from Santana, um something called a conoclasm into a power bomb i don't even remember what that was (laughs) but um an avalanche falcon arrow by santana on nick from the top um they hit that they hit a double team and then remember ortiz had nick in that submission and you know kind of thought like this could be the moment here so Mm -hmm. like it was really heating up it was no it, it, it was definitely uh an exciting match. You know, I think Santana Ortiz's kind of flow got the Young Bucks to be a little bit more bouncy yeah. and, uh, and, 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 and high-flying, even though you wouldn't normally think of them like that. You know, the they just kind of up the energy. You know, you know, I feel like their match against Jericho and MJF is ultimately fated to be a plot match. Um, and this was, you know, not that at all. You know, this kind of, you know, had that kind of fun, uh, high-energy uh, just good wrestling kind of thing. Yeah, and here's the moment I wanted to point out. So Santana hit a double cutter on him into their move called the Street Sweeper, where Ortiz jumped off the top. So that remember that was the moment where it got really close. Yeah. And Nick like hopped over oh, the rest yeah. and like broke. That's I'm like I know I'm missing something here, and I'm like that was feverishly. It. Well, that's when you did. It was over at that. Yeah, point. exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's like we do. That's his quote. But man, they really took it to that 2.99 level. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, remember Nick ended up winning it with just a roll up at the end, and then all the inner circle ran out yeah. uh, at the end immediately and then it cut to the tv of kenny the good brothers and callus and them not doing a thing about it and kind of them on commentary being like what are they they're supposed to be friends why aren't they helping and they were almost kind of like smiling yeah and then all then the good brothers slowly make their way out there and then the inner circle kind of goes away but yeah that's obviously still part of the story of Kenny and the Good Brothers kind of pushing away from the Young Bucks. Yeah, yeah, and they kind of, you know, meandered out there after they got beat up pretty good. Um, Jericho and MJF exchange words with the Young Bucks' parents. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, – he Jackson, Patriarch he, and Matriarch. He, yes. Yeah, he put, didn't pop a buck push Jericho to or push MJF. Yeah, he did. Yeah, one of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah excellent. Um, yeah, I wrote scintillating at the very end in red, which means I have to say it. There you go. It was scintillating. And you know what else was scintillating? What? <laughs> it was the Cody and Brandy gender reveal. <laughs> uh, it was fine. It was uh, fine. Having, a lot of people. Gr- they're having a girl. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, well no. a, a lot of people on Twitter were very, you know, like, oh, it's so great that AEW. And I mean, you know, they did it because it's, you know, Cody and, the, and it's great. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you know, yeah, I, I don't, was, I don't want to dog fine. on them for a very yeah. happy moment they're about to have. Yeah, it was fine. We're happy for them. Yeah. They're having a girl. Excellent. Um, match number five. FTR defeat Matt and Mike Seidel in eight minutes, 56 seconds. And uh, for being in what we've called kind of the popcorn match position here, preceding the main event, this match was, this was a fun little match here. Yeah. The Seidel brothers for people who you knew were going to lose uh, had a pretty good showing. Yeah. Uh, like sure. we've, we've seen Matt Seidel on dynamite plenty of times and you know, we know what he can do and flip around and he, you know, he had that really fun match with cage. Yeah. Um, but I've never seen his brother. Um, so this was a first for him. And he also, you know, very similar size, another small guy, but also kind of did some flying flippy stuff. And, uh, you know, it's always nice when you have FTR who are like the true, gra- you know, they're grounded, they're old school, they're technical guys, you know, you get the contrast of styles. So um, yeah, this was this was a lot of fun. Yeah, and there was some you know extra kind of uh, pizzazz, pizzazz with it. So FTR didn't have Tully with them. Um, Cody was on commentary where he introduced the ladder match. Yeah, he broke some news and said that we'll have the face of Revolution ladder match, <laughs> for which the winner will get a future TNT title shot. So we know three of the six participants are Cody, Scorpio Sky, and Pentagon. So, you know, a nice little lineup there. I hope Cody doesn't win since he's already had the belt twice. And we'll see who the other people are, but I don't think he will. I think he's kind of in there to elevate the match. But yeah, um, I'd be a little bummed if he did win. I'd love to see either of those other two guys, and we'll see who else is in it. But, sure. but also, back to the match here, uh, Cash Wheeler hit a big uppercut on Matt Seidel, like Dax kind of threw him into him and it was just like a perfectly timed move. Um, Dax hit a big power bomb. Cash hit the full Nelson suplex. So they were kind of getting all the big moves in, but Mike Seidel broke it up. Um, then Matt hit the double flying knees. Um, he hit a, then Mike hit a flying twist, but even the announcers, like, I think it was Excalibur's like, you didn't get all of that one, but it wasn't quite as bad as the Jack Evans botch. That's for sure. So yeah, Mike hit the flying twist. Um, and then there was a pin and Dax got the rope break. Um, and then he did like where he put Matt on the top of the rope where he hit his nuts on the rope and he was bouncing on the nut rake. And then they hit the big rig for the one, two, three. Well, um, FTR comes out and takes Doc Sampson's bag. Oh, yeah, happens. yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. And and they go get ready to uh, – They get the scissors cut, out. Yeah, they try to go cut his hair. Yeah, and then, and then yeah, the lights go out. Yeah, and then um, we get a Luchasaurus intro where they show the mask that it had the horns cut off. He's got the mask with the horns back. New mask. Out, out comes Jurassic Express. Yep. Um, and uh, then we get the reveal that uh, – I guess this is kind of after that. We knew FTR was going to be going against Jurassic Express. There's three people in Jurassic Express, two yep. people in FTR. So, like, uh, Tully is going to be fighting. 67-year-old Tully Blanchard, baby. <laughs> so, that's three old – so, we have Sting, 61, Tully, 67, and Shaq's in his 50s. Got it. Yeah. So, yeah. like, you know, and, that, and two of them are going to be on the March 3rd show. That's going to be that's Shaq correct. and Tully. And I'll be honest with you, I, I would bet Tully Blanchard is probably the best wrestler of those three right now. Yeah, he just you know, seems like he's still in pretty good shape. And, like, I feel like he would be able to move around a little bit better than Sting and definitely Shaq. But yeah. 
Um, just real quick, I did read an article. It was like a New York Post thing about Shaq and the match and that he's like legitimately been training a lot uh, with QT Marshall of the Natural Nightmares at his school in Atlanta. So, you know, good to know at least Shaq's putting in the time. And, you know, he's done some wrestling shit before. But, um, you know, it's not going to be the best match in the world, but it should be a lot of fun and exciting. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so should the, the Lucha – expressed <laughs> Jesus you're, tur- you're turning into I'm, me you're i know me. i know the you jungle love, you, you love aew so much it's all just running together into one yeah, just that i was about joyous, to just say jungle express joyous oh, amorphous I, blob yes yeah. i am off my game tonight jurassic express versus ftr and tolly should be fun i kind of thought they would have just the 2v2 at revolution and maybe they will i don't know Phil. yeah Okay. Um, I feel like Tully's going to, like, discipline Marco. Like, he's, like, a little, like, just, you know, yeah. spank him. <laughs> yeah, they already kidnapped him. Yeah. Um, so, before we get to our main event, we get the Moxley Dark Warehouse promo. Amazon Warehouse. Yeah, and I didn't even write down what he said here. Do you got anything? Uh, no, I don't, have, I don't have too much. I mean, it, it was about the upcoming match. And the Kenta, and the Kenta, and the Kenta thing, match yeah. on the 26th. Yeah, just standard fair Moxley here. Good stuff, building up the match. And here we go to the main event. Where John Moxley, Lance Archer, Lance, Lance Archer, and Phoenix defeat Eddie Kingston, Butcher and the Blade, in 11 minutes, 57 seconds. Um, you know what? Let's just skip to the skip through to the end right here because we got some boiling, bubbling. Hit watch. Hit watch. Hit watch. Hit watch. Oh, Moxley hit Dan Callis. Um, you know, and what's and we'll get back to the match, but this it kind of caught us by surprise last night. Um, you know, Moxley ends up getting the pin on Eddie Kingston. He goes to the corner to kind of celebrate. The Good Brothers attack him, and Kenny's music hits, and he kind of—he's got a microphone, and he's sounding more devilish than he's ever sounded before. Like we're getting kind of next level, darker heel Kenny Omega here. Exactly, yeah. Um, and he's like, "Hey, John, you don't look so tough right now," as he's being held back. You know, he's being held back by the Good Brothers. Yeah. And so it's Kenny and Dan Callis, and then they're like face to face with Moxley, and what? three, four, five feet away from him, not far. And, you know, striking this, distance. Yeah, it really kind of caught us, again, like we weren't expecting it. And then all of a sudden, boom, they're there. And then we're watching just like we are now on Zoom. We're like, holy fuck, like what? And like to the point, I'm like, are you watching this? And like, so, you know, Moxley, he kicks his foot and like almost, you know, comes within inches of he hitting kick Stan Callis. Yeah, he did almost kick that, you know, it was kick watch. Yeah, didn't really get close, but he did headbutt Kenny, which made Kenny's forehead bleed. Mm-hmm. And then Kenny V-triggered him twice. Um, and this led to one of the most shocking announcements we've had in AEW. Um, he says, I'm in a giving mood. He's like, you can have your rematch, and you can even have it at Revolution. He's like, but I'm going to name the match. And if he's like, if I beat you, you keep coming back. He's like, you talk about putting people in the ground, breaking their neck? Is that what I'm going to have to do, John? And he challenges him to an exploding barbed wire death match. Which I, I saw some <laughs> gifts of that online. That looks insane. Yeah, so I've never Literally. really seen – I've seen clips like 
Mick Foley famously was in a couple like before he went to WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've certainly seen clips of it. Um, and it's, you know, there's like organizations in Japan that are like strictly deathmatch. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we did the good cop, bad cop show, even Graham was talking about uh, like the death matches that he, so like, it's, it's kind of like a whole style of wrestling. And, you know, I'll be honest, generally, it's not something I'm like super interested in or seek out, but I'm very excited to see this. I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be unique. Mm-hmm. It's going to see how a big company pulls this off and like obviously hoping make sure they're safe and you know, nothing super duper dangerous happens, but I'm intrigued and it makes sense with this feud. Like they started with an unsanctioned match mm-hmm. and then, you know, Kenny and Dan fucked him over and, you know, the birth of Hitwatch. like it's gotten to this point and, you know, Moxley, he's going to keep coming and keep coming no matter what. So it's like, okay, death match, motherfucker game on. And like Hitwatch lives to fight another day, but it's been really rejuvenated after the last two weeks where yeah. like it could have happened. And it mm-hmm. didn't like that instant was like the quickest flash to a fire engine red. Like oh, that man. could possibly happen. Yeah. With, much quicker than when it was the night where, uh, uh, Mox, where Mox like went to the corner towards Cal. Like, yeah, this was even close. Cause again, like just inches from physical contact. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and so, um, so yeah, hit watch lives. Like it's rejuvenated. It's got a shot in the arm. And we've know? talked, you know, we've yeah. talked, off air and a little on air like i i'm sticking with my prediction of it's either going to happen on the march 3rd dynamite or at revolution or not at all which mm. honestly might be for, for the, the best because it could st- <laughs> you know who knows in the annals of aew could it happen again i mean i think it's still going to happen it'd be yeah. hard, hard press for him to not get his i mean he was teasing it again this week yeah. Um, and, you know, I said it last night when we were watching, too. I think it'll be after the Kenta match. You know, kind of let Moxley get through that, which is February 26th. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a very surprising yeah. night for Hitwatch. Big time. Yeah. Um, and back to the match. I mean, again, don't need to run through it all. It was a, you know, classic, good, strong AEW main event with a lot of action and, you know, some bad blood. Um, anything stand out to you in the match before I kind of start digging through notes? Hell, Phoenix, you know, it took a while for Phoenix to get in and he looked fucking tremendous yet yeah. again. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I guess in the beginning, there was a, a cool Cincinnati mention where they were talking about uh, oh, yeah. Moxley and Blade, how they had an early match in Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati yeah. Being Mox's hometown. Yep, that was very uh, cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, until Phoenix kind of came in, you know, Archer was in it forever. They, like, beat yeah. up on Archer for the longest time. Yeah, Archer uh, was the face in peril, which may not have been the best idea, but it was fu- it was still a good match, but that was unexpected. Yeah, especially after Archer cleaned house last week. You know, they just kind of, you know, eh, with him this yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I feel like he should have been – it almost should have been him in that Phoenix spot there, like – yeah, I know they've kind of been and want to put Phoenix in that like, yeah. oh my god, spot of getting mm-hmm. the hot tag, but we've seen it a lot. And like, yeah, I, yeah, that's a good point. I think the match would have been more effective if those two almost switched roles and they saved Archer for the end to kind of look like a badass and clean house for sure. Yeah, uh, but you know, of course, it kind of ended with it happened a couple of times where Moxley and Kingston were kind of duking it out and slugging it out. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Someone made a good point on Twitter of, I don't know if this was actually the case, but 
Um, Kingston hit him with that spinning back fist as he's yeah. been doing a lot. Very like all Japan strong style type move. But Moxley really just kind of nose sold it and fucking clotheslined him and paradigm shift him immediately. Yeah. Um, someone's like, it could have been like, you know, the ref obviously has an earpiece and is in communication with the back. So someone's like, that could have been them like calling the match off a little short, knowing that they were running out of time and they had to get that final stuff in. Yeah. Or it could have just very well just been how the match was planned. But, yeah, when I did rewatch it earlier, it did feel a bit abrupt. But um, another very, very solid main event. So Yeah, yeah. No, definitely definitely pretty fun. And with the end, it kind of, you know, really yeah. added an exclamation point heading to the pay-per-view. Uh, just Which we've still got – yeah, we've still got a, about three weeks. So, mm-hmm. uh, but, yeah, you know, kind of wrapping up the show here, we talked a lot prior – to Dynamite last night about the Revolution card and how little of it had been formally announced. Well, they answered a lot of questions last night on Dynamite because I think the only official match um, we knew was the street fight, Sting and Darby against Cage and Starks. We, of course, know that Sheeta is going to defend the title against whomever wins the tournament. Yeah. And we knew that the – that MJF and Jericho were going to face the tag champs. Yes. So now we know that's the Young Bucks. Um, and I have it. Okay, yeah. So I've got it written down here. We've got six matches thus far. So those three, uh, we have now officially Hangman Page versus Matt Hardy in the big money match. Um, we've got the face of the revolution ladder match for the TNT title shot, Cody, Scorpio, Sky, Pentagon, and three to be determined. And Kenny and Moxley for the AEW World Title in the Exploding Barbed Wire Deathmatch. I'll tell you what, this looks like a hell of a card we're developing here. How many more spots do you are, are, are there left, do you think? I would Six. say one or two. Mm, and maybe gotcha. one on the pre, maybe one on the pre-show. <clears throat> gotcha. Would be my guess. Um, yeah, I'd have to look back, but I feel like about seven or eight matches of what they're typically having for a pay-per-view. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Fun. But j- another note that I realized three of these six matches are all like, for lack of a better term, hardcore matches. You've got the exploding barbed wire, you've got a ladder match, and you've got a street fight, mm-hmm. which is all well and good. But I'm, I'm almost thinking that's like a little much, like a little too much violence, so to speak, which yeah. would not make Dario Cueto from Lucha Underground happy as I'm wearing this mm-hmm. shirt because he's all about violence. <laughs> um, but. And, again, I'm fine with it, and I'm very excited about this card. I just hope it doesn't kind of get oversaturated with, like, craziness, um, which maybe there's no such thing. Um, but, yeah, I'm very, very much looking forward to it. I can't fucking wait. Yeah, should be should be pretty red. Yeah, so uh, great episode of Dynamite yet again. Um, and, you know, we're building towards a great show at Revolution. Yeah, it's just exciting stuff. Uh, glad, uh, you know, we have this to kind of keep us through this show. And, you know, that definitely – that all that got my juices flowing a little more. Yeah, you're, got, you're, yeah you're doing better. Like, yeah. AEW was the medicine you needed, and I knew it. <laughs> knew it, knew it, yeah. knew it. Despite some flubs of the words. Uh, it's only but, natural. Uh, all right, well – if you recall all right let's do it survivor series 2002 you've got mail uh is is that on your end yeah i guess so hold on let me let me take a look at this oh 
It's the fucking execs again. I mean, really? why? What is up with that? Why do they keep? Don't I, do it. Just well, you're, you, you've been just ignore, like I, I think know, that's going to be know. the best thing for us well, right now. Well, so that you know, they've been trying to get. They've been sending both of us emails. So this one in all caps says "urgent" regarding your contract. So still, uh, I don't know. If I think, you wanna... but let's just read it and let's get this over. I mean, they haven't stopped sending them. Let's just get it over. What What else can happen at this point? So all right. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> hmm. Dear Brainbuster boys, due to recent incidents involving your audio production, Brainbuster boys, <clears throat> involving slander of Turner programming, use of copyrighted material, and sacrilegious conduct under Section 6F, your contract will be reevaluated by the senior management team of Turner Broadcasting Systems Incorporated. We will notify you when our decision is reached. Sincerely, Gregory Horatio Eisenhower, Vice President of Ritualistic Affairs. Oh my God, what is that? They they did this. The show's over. That's it. Well, I guess it's not fully, but reevaluate. Oh, I can't believe this. I shouldn't have opened it. You're right, hey, Brett. I am so sorry, Brett. Why don't you listen to me? Okay. Yes. We are going to put an end to this. I would love to. Once and for all, okay? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to ask you to do something, and it might be a little messed up. Like, you're going to see some mm. things that... It, At this point, I'm... Whatever. Okay, um, so your phone. I'm going to text you a Google Map pin drop at these coordinates and it's not going to be like in a parking lot or anything somewhere. It's going to be a bit off the beaten pathway. Uh, can you, you meet, can you meet me there tonight? Do you think we should get together? I mean, I think getting together at this point is the only way we do this. Where are we exactly? This, this place, this is where the execs took me. We're like, where I, or technically I guess I went with them. Uh, they call it the channel between channels. So, where the fuck are we exactly? Uh, the woods, uh, like uh, five miles from your house. Why'd you bring the TNT belt? Uh, I don't know, I mean something about it just makes me feel kind of safe. Look, you just gotta listen to me, okay? We're going to be fine, all right? As long as you follow me and you trust me, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, now let's go. Don't make a lot of noise. Okay.
Ted says, the path of repentance runs by the river of the blood of the forsaken. What does that even mean? Exactly what they say it means. They need a sacrifice. What kind of sacrifice? Any kind of sacrifice. Like, like something you'd be sad about losing. Like, like your life? Maybe? Now, children of Ted, those who bear the mark, submit to his will! Dude, what has happened? My arm! Roman, snap out of it! You've gotta be shitting me! Bring forth the heathen! For they who bear the freshest mark will spill the freshest blood! Beaumont, stop! Fuck, fuck, what, what, what the fuck do I do? Oh, God, no. And for those who forsake the will of Ted and fall prey to the vice of changing the channel like Vince in his palace, they who turn their back on Ted will witness his wrath when the belt struck the ground and became the serpent that brought original sin upon the first. Wait, that sounds annoyingly familiar. The bell. Okay. Hey! You! You who dares interrupt the will of Ted! If you do not bow down in his grace like Jobber after his greatest defeat, then you too will endure! We're done! We're done. This weird cult thing is done. Turner involvement in our show, done. No, it cannot be. It cannot be. I don't care about our contract anymore. Just let me take my friend and let us do our show and you'll never hear from us again. And give us back our goddamn first episode, you son of a bitch. But, even though you may herald the message of Ted, his work cannot be stopped now. The repentance of original signal has already begun. And it cannot be stopped unless something is given to the river of blood. That's bullshit. The word of Ted is absolute. It does not bear falsehood. You have witnessed it. <sighs> yeah, you're right. Fuck. Shit. You. You who carry the power of Ted also have the power to choose your sacrifice. And this offering must reside in the deepest chambers of your own heart and soul. So I speak it to you now. What will you choose? AEW or your friend? Battery low. You know, you didn't have to do that. Well, you know what? I, uh, 
I kind of had but, to. But for real, you you didn't. I mean, like, I was the one who got this mark. It's still here. Probably never going to go away. I mean, I obviously regret it, but, you know, I clearly made the decisions that I did to get it. Hey, it's it's all right, man. But, but like, so you told the Grand High Exec, you know, we can't do AEW anymore. And, like, isn't that not the whole point of us doing the show in the first place? No, or? it's it's not, actually. Um, you know, remember that act, that stupid jobber story you told me during uh, that Snowpiercer episode 10? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. And it was a dumb little story, but it's like you said after it. You know, the point of that guy losing. It's kind of the same point of doing this show with you, dude. The point is the point. And when, like, you know, and you got to lose in wrestling, um, sometimes it's better to lose as a tag team than in singles. Huh. Well, what do we do now? Who knows? I mean, you know, if you would have told me this a couple months ago, I probably would have been freaking out and not really sure. But, you know, we've come so far in that time, I think we can figure figure it out. So, you know, it's really not that bad. Yeah, you know, we always figure it out. Yeah, we always have. You know, you know, we've always made it work. Yeah. So, sure, I mean, I guess let's end this show here. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Don't get mad. I don't know if you're going to get mad, man, but... So, we're beyond that level. Okay, so when everyone cleared out of the woods... Uh, that they, was crazy, they wasn't left, it? They left something behind. And you know me, I'm like, I, I'm me, I'm just too curious for my own goddamn good, so I, I picked it up. Oh, Book of Turner. Uh, All right, give it to me. I'll read it. What? You know, it, it just seems fitting, and they have no fucking power over us anymore. Uh, okay. So let's go. Cool. The Book of Turner, Broadband, Chapter 1. <laughs> After Vince let WCW go... They wandered across the static desert for 5,000 time slots. While they were wandering, some wrestlers came to Sting, who Ted declared as their leader and asked him, why must we continue to wander in confusion? Did you not promise us freedom when you let us out of WWF? Did Ted not say we could write our own storylines? Oh my God. So the rest camped. Sting climbed to the top of the mountain and said to Ted, my people are tired and hungry from wandering through the desert. They are losing faith in the one true exec. What should I tell them? And Ted said, This is what you are to say to WCW. You have seen what I have done to WWF, and I have carried you on the strongest signal and brought you to myself. Now, if you are to keep my covenant I have made with all original programming, I will come down the mountain with you and speak to your people. So Sting stayed atop of the mountain for 40 daytime time slots and 40 primetime time slots. And when he walked down the mountain, he carried two tablets. To his people, he spoke the word of Ted. You shall have no other execs before me. You shall not make any idols in my image. You shall not take the name of Ted in vain. Remember Wednesday and keep it holy. Honor the programming that begot you. You shall not cancel one another. You shall not have crossovers unapproved by Ted. You shall not violate copyright law. <laughs> Too late for that one. Yeah. The fucking Meg. 
You shall create your own storylines, but not ruin your neighbors. I think we've done a good job of that. You shall not covet another's time slot. Then the tablets with the word of Ted crumbled from Sting's hands, and henceforth, Ted's chosen people were known as AEW. <laughs> That's not too bad. It's actually a little funny. All right, all right. Can you give it to me? Let's burn it. <laughs>